like read it three times and I thought, no, come on, I, there's nothing wrong. Additional views requested and I've had, I don't know how many patients for years and I always tell them, don't worry about it, it'll be fine. So now I'm telling myself, don't worry about it, it'll be fine. It's really funny now because Carrie Carter and I sat on my front porch with clipboards and laptops and handwriting. We didn't have electronic bidding. We didn't have anything. You know, we, I pretty much, we, we privately funded BBQ One. Yeah. What I want BBQ to be is a no-brainer for people. You are listening to Fort Worth Food Stories, brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. All right, welcome to Fort Worth Food Stories. I'm your host, James Crange. I'm joined today by plastic surgeon and co-founder of BoobyQ, Dr. Emily McLaughlin. Dr. Dr. McLaughlin, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. James, thank you for being here and call me Emily. And call you Emily from here on out. All right, we can do that. Uh, So let's start at the beginning of your career. Um, You founded West Magnolia Plastic Surgery, where we actually are today, um, in, in 2004. And you were the first female plastic surgeon to open a practice in Fort Worth crazy but that is true yeah yes. which which is is pretty cool so congratulations Thank to you, you on that. that yes um and according to your website you wanted to create a comfortable inviting atmosphere to relieve some anxiety of, of surgical procedures how'd we do um, what do you think I, well i love it i was gonna say <laughs> that was the first thing i noticed when i walked in it's it's so comfortable it doesn't feel like yeah. a doctor's office it's uh, very why, un- undoctorly i like that yeah why was that so important to you because of what I do for a living. You know, I mean, I think that what I tell most people that know me well is I, I take my job very, very seriously. I don't take myself so seriously. But the experience that is plastic surgery should be relaxing and rewarding and fun. And so I think that when you walk into a sterile environment, you inherently become very intense and very stressed. And this is surgery. And I wanted people to walk in here and feel calm, and, and this is a business transaction, but it should, it's a personal transaction as well. So I just wanted my world to feel a little less alarming, a little more inviting. Uh, what was it uh, that drew you in about plastic surgery in, in the first place? When I was 16, I had a genetically disastrous nose, an Italian Scotch-Irish <laughs> nose, that had been broken three times. And when I was 16 was, gosh, 40 years ago, mm-hmm. 50, 30 years ago. But um, my parents let me, I had my nose fixed, which was very forward thinking then. And I didn't, my father was a physician, so I knew I was going into medicine. But on the other side of my experience with that, it was such an eye-opening, rewarding, oh my, something I hated so much was so much better. That I, at 16, declared emphatically, I'm going to be a plastic surgeon. So worked out because I didn't I didn't have a backup plan so that was <laughs> and then you know obviously we, we talked about you're the first female surgeon mm-hmm. here in Fort Worth so what was it about Fort Worth that brought you in are you from here or no I I am one of those not from here but got here as quickly as I could okay. in Texas I grew up in East Tennessee and I trained in the south um, did my surgical general surgery and plastics in Augusta Georgia and had an interest in craniofacial surgery which led me to Medical City Dallas where I did a fellowship and believed I would stay in Dallas not knowing of Fort Worth ended up a Dallas does not need another plastic surgeon <laughs> even 16 years ago so I joined a practice over here um, and was hooked this was home okay so I've been here for I've been in Fort Worth for 15 years and this is my forever home now okay yeah. that's that's cool I'm I'm starting to get there. I'm, I'm from New Jersey originally, and anyone that's listening to this podcast probably is annoyed hearing me always talk about New Jersey. How long have you been here? I've been here for seven years. What do you think? Uh, 
I love it. Yeah, it's and great. I, I think I'm getting closer to mm-hmm. this being my yep. home, um, especially once the heat's gone of the summer. And I'm like, okay, We're now there. it's better James, now. James, it's brilliant. We I should know. be doing this outside. <laughs> I know. Seriously, it's it's a perfect day. Um, but so you've been, you, you're doing this for 12 years. I, I know it's been more, but you're doing this for 12 years. And then in 2016, um, you get your own breast mm-hmm. cancer diagnosis. Yes. So tell me what, what that initial news was like to receive. Totally floored me. And as a physician, especially a female physician, uh, so the, the maintenance stuff is a nuisance for the most part. You're like, you, of course, you need a mammogram every year. Yeah. And I've never skipped that. I don't have a strong family history. There was nothing wrong. It was just one of those things that's on your calendar. Okay. And I let it go for a few months, and I thought, maybe I just won't do it this year. And I thought, well, how irresponsible is that, <laughs> you know, as a physician? So I ordered my own mammogram as I've done for years and the next day I get the report and it's always normal and I sign it off and I take it off my radar for a year and this year it that year 2016 it said new or increasing calcifications on the left side and I like read it three times and I thought no and come on there's nothing wrong additional views requested and I've had I don't know how many patients for years and I always tell them don't worry about it it'll be fine so now I'm telling myself don't worry about it it'll be fine my, my army, my team, specifically Danielle LeBlanc, who is my, my surgeon and a very dear personal friend and one of the also co-founders of BBQ, um, has just watched over me for years and she knew that I'd had this and she, so she's just, I would say she's the premier reconstructive plastic surgeon in Fort Worth. And so I got the additional views and it's a funny thing when you're in there in the room, in the mammogram room with the little blue capes on and the ladies and no one really makes eye contact because some people are worried and some aren't and it's a weird dynamic. But the radiologist called me back there and you have Dr. McLaughlin and I'm thinking I'm fancy because I get to go see the, you know, well, when you have cancer, you get to go yeah. see when it's bad, you <laughs> get to go see your images. And that led to a biopsy. And at that point, my team, my husband and my best girlfriend were very well aware, and Danielle LeBlanc was, because I said, if it's anything, please, will you be my doctor? And um, it was two days later, I was in this building in my operating room here in the middle of a tummy tuck when I got the phone call. Really? And it's, it's high-grade DCIS, which is ductal carcinoma inside to cancer, but it's cancer. And... Um, so the beauty of being in the middle of a tummy tuck when you find out you have cancer is you don't have to think about cancer. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the zone doing my favorite operation and finished the operation, patients in recovery, and then I called my husband and and Danielle and I said, it's cancer and let's get this party started. That's yeah. what happened. And, and I'm happy you brought up the team aspect of it because that's something I wanted to ask you about. I mean, from my experience of just knowing people that have gone through, you know, different cancers and surgeries and stuff, yeah. you know, the team is so important. And, mm-hmm. you know, how how do you see your role as part of maybe someone else's team um, when you're helping out with, with the post when I'm the When I'm the surgeon? Yeah. Well, I prefer to be the surgeon instead of the patient. That is, uh, uh, that's my course, happy right? place. Um <laughs> My, I've always seen my role on the team as, you know, it's education and here's your options and here's what we're going to do and knowledge is power. When you've had the operation you're talking to people about, my, 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 my now, my reality, when I'm talking to someone about breast cancer reconstruction, when I'm talking about them about cosmetic breast augmentation, I say, you know, I have implants now because I had cancer. I had this operation. And some patients know that before they come to me. Some don't realize that. And what, what it has given me is a platform and an insider knowledge base of procedures that I've done throughout my career, but now I've had. Yeah. 
And um, so my role in the team is it's important as the surgeon, but I'm now also the companion, the educator, the the sister, the survivor, I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. And on some level, I think, I don't know what people think you're supposed to look like when you've had cancer, but what I learn from people sometimes is when I say I had cancer, they're shocked because I don't know what you're supposed to look like. Yeah. And I said, let's just, I think one of the most important things, I feel like one of my jobs now is to demystify this whole thing. You can have had cancer and still be a functional human being moving through the world. I got off easy. I had non-invasive stage zero cancer but it was cancer. So it's given me a voice, a platform. It gave me booby Q. That's how booby Q came about. Yeah. And, and I definitely want to jump into that here in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of the last question to, to wrap it up um, about your, your practice here yeah. and, and what you do. Um, do you have more of a focus now on, on people that are recovering from breast cancer and um, how has, what was it like being on the other side and, and not being the surgeon, being the awful. patient? Yeah, and, and so how, how does that affect, you know, how, how you handle it now? Well, several, I don't, I, I don't think there's a simple answer to that. I, you know, it's interesting. As a, I mean, I've always been very open about elective surgical procedures. As a female plastic surgeon, I've had most everything I offer, and yeah. starting with the rhinoplasty. And I talk about that to all my patients. I mean, my way is to live out loud with this. So being on the other side of this operation at a hospital where I work, doing having an operation that I perform, was it was terrifying. It shouldn't be terrifying because I know what's going to happen. But they say a little knowledge is dangerous. A lot of knowledge is terrifying mm-hmm. because I'm scrolling through all the what ifs that maybe aren't disclosed outright or whatever. None of those things happened. And but my experience going through the process of preparing for a cancer operation is what lit a fire in me more than just having an operation. And I feel like I've digressed maybe from what your question was, but what it has done, my practice, my focus, my practice is breast and body, as some surgeons would say. And plastic surgeon is either cosmetics or reconstructive and cosmetic is elective and reconstructive is clearly not. I love to do reconstruction, but that's not the majority of my practice, not even because I had cancer. That's just not the way practices are built yeah um dr leblanc does far more reconstruction in this community extraordinary reconstruction i for years i'd go into her operating room and said well if i ever need reconstruction (laughs) uh, to which she said dear god please we hope that doesn't happen (laughs) but when it did so my practice is remains a largely cosmetic breast and body surgery but what i've experienced as a patient flavors all of that okay bar none yeah, and I think probably the biggest thing to come out of your experience maybe is is Q, which is now in its fourth year. Yes. So what is it? How did you get the idea to start it? And, and just give me kind of the general synopsis. So of the it. story was, now it's part of this, this gets back to why Fort Worth is the best place in the world to live. Mm-hmm. It's the community. The reason Q is a success is not me. It's not even the, the team. It is the community that has come together. It's the support. It's the tickets, the auction, all of that stuff. So through common friends after surgery people hear you have you get on social media the night i had my diagnosis i said well hell i've got cancer and people start calling oh my god you know what and so the travis and emma heim are very are personal friends my husband and i have been friends since the food truck and big supporters are theirs and so we're over at the restaurant and they're like oh, i can't believe you have cancer and and fritz rar and aaron rar have been friends since you know for years and so your friends come to your come to what do you need yeah I am so blessed to have an army of friends. And so I've got my, my 
foodie friends. And it was Danielle's. Danielle is the one who'd heard of Booby Q at another. She had she had she had heard of that from another community and wanted to bring that to Fort Worth, but for some reason it didn't, and I don't know why. Okay, so is this a nationwide? It. She had heard of it somewhere else. I don't know where. I'd never heard of it. Yeah. And I certainly didn't. All I knew, I came out of my surgical experience knowing that I needed to affect a change for the from the patient's experience. I remember being in the, in the morning in the hospital. I remember saying over and over, this is all wrong. This is all wrong. And I know the system. They're taking me away from I'm scared and this is that. And so that stuck with me. I mean, my surgery went very well and I'm recovering. But now I'm talking about we, we got to do something. We've got to do something. Hey, booby cube. Cool, booby cube. The the rars the the hymes and boobs me was great Mm -hmm. so i don't even remember this was this is the the, it's a grassroots effort is what this was this was a couple of people at a wine bar carrie carter is a very good friend of mine she and i really co-founded booby q together because we were just talking about she's supporting me through this and i said we got to do this and she's like-minded we can do better things have to change the hymes are on board the rars are on board Let's do this thing. Where are we going to do it? We can do it at RAR. And so somehow, after the idea was born, we took Danielle's booby cue thing that we didn't know what it was going to look like. Six weeks after talking about it, the first one happened four months after my double mastectomy at RAR and Sons. And it was, it's really funny now because Carrie Carter and I sat on my front porch with clipboards and laptops and handwriting. We didn't have electronic bidding. We didn't have anything. You know, we, I pretty much, we, we privately funded Booby Q1. Yeah. Somehow at the end of that afternoon, we'd raised $80,000. Crazy. And I'm looking, because people just kept throwing things in. <laughs> yeah. I'll do this. I'll bid on that. Yeah, I'll be, I'll do the chef. I'll be the act. I will. I cannot even believe it. I want to cry thinking about it because it doesn't happen. And that's not me that made $80,000 happen. That is this community. So the dust settles. We look back. We just kind of do a debriefing. And and the the other part of the team is Danielle's husband, Matt Wallace. One of the finest, hardest working, introspective, smart people I've ever met. And he's like the glue. Carrie and I are the... Carrie... I don't know what I am to Booby Q. I'm just the girl who had a bad mammogram. The board is Matt Wallace, Carrie Carter, and myself. The three of us, with an army of volunteers, have done this. And I sat down after Booby Q won and said, we got something here. We organized as a nonprofit. The name of our nonprofit is Fighting Right mm-hmm. because we're not just breast cancer. We represent a whole host of, of other ideas. Clearly, our Sentinel event is Booby Q, but um, I'm the president, Carrie's the vice president, Matt's the, the secretary. And somehow, these three people, mostly the two of them, I would say, I'm the one that gets to talk to people about <laughs> it, but um, we've pulled it off year after year, and it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And gross, we've netted $345,000 in That's the amazing. first three years, and it's ridiculous. It's just, I can't even believe it. So it's got, I mean, it's got to feel surreal. You don't know. Yeah. And then to turn around, and it's funny, they've had, because I, I want to give all that money away. You can't give all the money away because we're a nonprofit and you have to have money to do the next mm-hmm. thing, right? So I've learned a lot about all that. Cancer Care Services came into it the first year from Aaron Rar because we didn't, we didn't, we had to have somewhere to put the money. And she recommended Cancer Care Services. We looked into that. We said it's brilliant because they're established and they can actually use the money. 
I mean, we're going to have money and just look at each other like, what do we do with this money? So that's how that friendship started. And we've brought in other like-minded organizations that can help benefit from the funds we've raised this year. The Warm Place is coming in because their mission statement is very similar to ours. It's it's helping people affected by cancer, whatever that looks like. So um, somehow, four years, three years later, we're looking at the fourth one of these things, and this it's a thing now. It's, awesome. it's incredible that it's a thing now. Yeah, it's it's it is incredible. I mean, it's it's built from the ground up, mm-hmm. and and now it's a huge thing that almost everyone knows about. And hopefully, after this podcast, everyone knows everybody about. come to um, <laughs> so the event is Sunday, October twenty seventh at Rar and Sons Brewery. Um, there's still definitely tickets available. Yes. So anyone listening, go go buy yours today. Booby um, Q, you can go to boobyq.org org okay. to get your tickets or Facebook. Look for bbq four on Facebook, okay. and it's Q U E Q U E B O O B I E Q U E, but. I think we're 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 linked enough now that if you just type in something close to Booby Q, you'll find it. Yeah, and and that's should be how pretty I found obvious. It. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Um, so you gave a shout out to to Heim and Rar and Sons. Um, they've they've been your partners since day one. They're from the beginning. Um, yeah, which which is amazing. And if anyone from either of those places is listening and you want to come on the podcast, we'd we'd love to have do you. it. Uh, but what's the event like? Uh, obviously, there's food and beer. You know, what else is going on? Is there music? Is there auction? I read someone wrote this recently, and I'm stealing it because I think it sums it up beautifully. It's a philanthropy carnival. Okay, it is fun. Cool. It is a fun freaking day, and I think most of the fundraisers that people go to are a little more formal, a little more zipped up, and those are important. This is a freaking barbecue and a brewery. It is the best kind of fundraising because it's boots and jeans or shorts and super casual. Yeah. It's for the tickets are $50 in advance, $60 day of. For that, you get your pint souvenir pint glass. If you've ever been to Roar and Sons, you know that with every brewery tour, you get a pint glass. Yep. My sister's a graphic designer in Manhattan, an award-winning graphic designer. The graphics, all the branding from the ground up is my sister has designed. She does a different pint glass every year. There's a funny little little surprise at the bottom of the glass. (laughs) But you get your glass, you get a beer, you get some food, and there's games. There's live, there's... um, always uh, our dj is a guy named brad riddell who owns events music amazing dj so you come in the party's kicking with a little bit of music we always have live music this year kirk house is going to be performing okay, cool. while you're waiting to for the live music to start silent auction you can see here the the swag that's yeah going up i for walked auction. right into your office and Ridiculous. you know there's stuff lined we're sitting all in a, we're sitting <laughs> in a small corner of my office yeah. surrounded by good stuff <laughs> um, Peru's a silent auction. We have games. Uh, everyone's familiar with cornhole. At Booby Q, you play cornhole with breast implants instead of bean bags, and that's titty toss. We have bra pong, which is a wall of bras. Instead of beer pong, it's bra pong. And there's raffle tickets for, you know, you buy the tickets and play the games. We draw at the end. One of the winners, it's a lottery ticket. It's a gift basket full of lottery tickets. Who knows what's in there? It's awesome. The other one's gift cards, a myriad of gift cards from all over Fort Worth. And then the other big game, heads or tails, we flip a coin, we play butts and boobs. So you get your beads and you commit one way or the other. The winner is the cash, the ca- half of the cash pot from butts or boobs. Okay. 
every year the winner somehow has donated their winnings back to Fording Wright, which really? makes you cry. It's incredible. It's I mean, cool. it is just the philanthropy of this community transcends anything you can even imagine. Yeah. I just like free cry at Booby Q every uh, year because I, I mean, can't believe it. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I just want to say you hooked me on the lottery basket. Yes. Like, that's my thing. Can you imagine? It's all, yeah, it's I just mean, but best. it is just, and I love to build these things. I mean, yeah. I'm the artsy part of this. And so I'm putting these things in little pins. Who knows what's in there? I yeah. mean, you could have a, last year a friend of mine got the, two years in a row I've known who got the basket, the lottery tickets, and they've done pretty well both years. Okay. So cool. that'll be there. And, um, and it's it, what it's just fun. And then the live auction, Matt Blevins is our auctioneer. The live auction this year is unlike anything we've ever had. Okay. Two tickets to Jimmy Fallon, really. That's you cool. can't get a ticket to Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. George Strait at the National Finals Rodeo. We have trips to the Caribbean. We have an Argentinian dove hunt. We have a surprise live auction item that we're um, sort of holding back just okay. to blow everyone's mind You'll until have to tell day me of. I'm incredibly excited about this. Um, a very a very prominent Fort Worthian has donated something so cool that I just it's gonna blow up. And um, and the it that's what it is. And so it's four hours of fun. Yeah. And you and you you sort of lose yourself in it, but it's our perspective is different because we're working booby Q. Our job is not to enjoy booby Q at the event. Our job is to host an event so great that people go, I will never freaking miss this party. Yeah. And that's what we've heard year after year after year. And then we look at the tally, and then I probably will cry in public, and <laughs> and in my mind it will be blown. And you've gone, incredible. you've made more money every year. Every right? year we've so, done better and better yeah. and better because people, the more people are coming, and our ticket sales are up, and there's notoriety. Fort Worth Magazine awarded us the best annual event this year, and cool. so it's just sort of it lends itself to the spirit of this event. It's fun. Yeah. It's just a lot of fun. And at the end of the day, you've had fun and you realize we just did an amazing thing and we had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. And how um, how can people donate even if they're not attending the event? I Thank you for asking that um, because sometimes people can't make it there. On our website, boobyq.org, there's a donate button. You can directly donate. And every bit matters. I mean, some people feel like and we have something called fund to need at BoobyQ and we can break down between cancer care services and the warm place, what your money will do. Sometimes people just need to be empowered with, well, my $50 won't make a difference. Yes, it is, and here's why. Your $50 will do this. 100 will do more, 500 1000 whatever it is. So on our website, if you go to BoobyQ, the auction items are already loaded. You can directly donate through that site. And I don't know what to tell you, but thank you. Anyone that makes any, there's no donation too small. And, and what... Um you know, kind of to, to wrap it up here, what you, you've made a great pitch for this year's event. It sounds like it's going to be amazing. And it mm -hmm. sounds like something that's going to continue for a long time. What, to. what is it that you see for the future of this event? Do you see it going nationwide? I mean, you've talked about that. This was, you've heard about this from elsewhere. Or what, what you do you know, see? It's interesting. I, I don't know how nationwide would benefit us here. Okay. I, I'm less interested in that because I don't have an interest and in, that doesn't sound right. Um, my, the, all the funds we raise stay local. Yeah. So there's no need for us to host a booby queue and other. I've, people have reached out to us and said, "Well, tell us about this booby queue." Um, what I see, what I want booby queue to be, is a no-brainer for people. Like that's the can't miss. Booby queue is a blast. It's funny the people that have come every year. Pint glasses are almost like the collector's cards now because there's been a different logo for one, two, three, yeah. and four, and. 
Um, I just want it to be, I almost want us to, what if we reached capacity? What if RAR and Sons was busier than they've ever been? What if, what if we, ca- I don't know. I mean, to me, the sky's the limit because this started from nothing in six weeks. And it is, to me, it's huge. This is so precious to me. I mean, I have a full-time job. I'm trying to, like I've been in my office all morning and I'm trying to do that, but I've got a meeting tonight for BBQ and I, I'm absolutely empowered by it. I'm completely passionate about it. And I want it to be something that people just talk about. I want to hear other people talking about BBQ when I didn't bring it up and hear them say, that was the coolest thing I've ever done. Yeah. And it sells itself. And I feel like we're going to do that. And I love, I mean, to me, the best kind of events are the ones where the the people that are behind them are, are so empowered by the event you know to use your word yeah that it's not just a job and it's not it's just not. something they're doing we, and, and it comes across just talking to you we all have full-time jobs and we do booby and with this army of volunteers this is not this sure as hell is not just me yeah uh it's not just myself and carrie and matt this is uh my husband my office danielle's office everyone you know the communities come together um this is the best kind of tired you could be. I mean, the, the months leading up to BBQ, you're completely exhausted and stressed out and beat to pieces. And I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world because when the t- numbers are tallied and we get to order those huge, ridiculous plastic checks <laughs> yeah. and fill those things in and give an organization. And it does seem a little counterintuitive that we're a nonprofit and we're raising money for other nonprofits. I mean, that's how we've structured this to this point because the programs that have been in place for organizations for 70 years, Cancer Care Services, they can affect a change more with the funds than we can. Yeah. So we are perfectly okay to say, listen, we're our own entity, but we've partnered with these others because we want these funds to get in the hands of the patients and the families that need them quicker than us sitting around going, well, now what are we going to do yeah. with them? You know? And so that's no coming. ego involved, which is cool. Where none of us are ego-driven people. Yeah. I mean, there are programs in development in our organization coming down the road that will be inherent to us. Those don't come overnight. I mean, it seems like we've been at this for three years. That's not a lot of time. Mm-hmm. We've really got our legs in three years. And so I think we'll always have a situation where BBQ funds will, will be dedicated to like-minded organizations. But also internally, we have very real ideas with what we can do in other dimensions within, you know, within our community that I've got some, an idea. Something's cooking right now. That's so cool. I can't, I can't even, I got an email (laughs) Sunday night that I read Monday morning at three. And I, I just, I don't even know. I just wait for it. Okay. We'll be talking in a few months. So we'll, for the yeah, next we'll party. have to do a follow up. You uh-huh. you told me before we even started that you wanted to, to come on more than once. So. I do. I want to be. I want to be your co-pilot. <laughs> um, so so let's just wrap it up by you reminding everyone where they can get tickets and and where they can donate. And the link will be in the the description for this episode. Perfect. But, uh, you could just say it here again. The easiest thing. Uh, everything's at boobyq.org. The link to the tickets, link to donate, and then the the story of the event. Uh, fightingright.org is our nonprofit website for the backstory of how it all started. Um, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. Um, hashtags are everywhere. BBQ Fighting Right. Um, I think we're pretty easy to find if you're looking for us. And if you're anywhere near West Magnolia, there's posters and flyers everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to get crazier in the next few weeks. But it's it's 
it's a great afternoon for an awesome reason. The other thing I didn't even mention, the Texas Health Mobile Mammogram Unit is on site. Awesome. They can accommodate, I believe the number's 14, I should know that, but I don't know. Any patient that has their mammogram on site gets a voucher for free admission. Very cool. So the link is the link to schedule the mammogram, if you're due for a mammogram, is on our website also. So if you schedule that mammogram and your name is on the list, you come to the party on us for doing your due diligence and getting ahead of it. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I have, it, there's so many things I haven't even met. Melt ice cream is going to be there. I, I couldn't. I could go on and on. I just can't. <laughs> well, it's just better you and better. save all that because everyone should go to the event. Everyone so should they come can to find the event. out for themselves. Yeah, the there's event. something for everyone. It's kid friendly. Okay. Um, so it's there's some, even though it's at the brewery, we've got a kids area for the kids. The tickets uh, for children are, are clearly less yeah. than adults, but um, it's a it's a family friendly event. Believe okay. it or not. All right. Well, Emily, thank you again so much thank for coming you. on, and thank you for your time. That episode was brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. Located on Camp Bowie Boulevard, the Culinary School of Fort Worth is helping future chefs pursue their dreams every single day. You can reach out for more information or to schedule a tour on their website at csftw.edu. The link is also in the bio for this show. Or you can reach them by phone at 817-737-8427. That's 817-737-8427.